You're listening to Rewire with Susan, the podcast for you to learn software development topics in the most simple way and acquire some guidance for your career in tech. Strap up and let's go. Here's your host, Susan. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Rewire with Susan. We are in the final episode of this season and it's just amazing. I mean, it's been about 12 weeks straight of sharing on here with you guys. It's been such a thrilling experience. And I have to say, honestly, guys, I am super proud of you for sticking on here. And I'm kind of proud of myself as well, you know, for making the for making it this far. It's it's definitely not been a walk in the park. I am super grateful for your support. Um, today we will be talking about weird developer stories. This has been something that has been on for a while now. There's been a buzz on it on the Instagram page. <laughs> Quite a number of interesting stories, which. I'll be reading out today and, you know, just talking about you guys sent some people, you know, sent stories to the email to the, to me personally, and, um, we are just going to be sharing them today. So before we go on, I would like to let you know that I'll be using fake names to represent the sender of each story. So if you hear any familiar name, just know that it is 100% not who you think it is. The second disclaimer is that any comments or advice I give after any of these stories, please don't take it seriously because if you take it seriously, you're likely to get fired. Don't take any of my comments too seriously. This is my personal opinion. You're entitled to yours as well. So yeah, just take it as bad advice. You can do with it whatever you want. <laughs> so the first one is from Deray and it goes thus. So I was a mid-level developer with some senior devs on my team. By senior devs, I mean devs who had about 10 to 15 years experience in the software engineering field while I was barely in my fifth year. So there was a feature I implemented and of course I submitted a mail request for review. One of the senior developers left a comment that for a second got me thinking of my life. Are you sure you know what you're doing? His comment was very valid, but then seemed more like over-engineering to me. A simple example would be to put on a television using the TV remote or by unscrewing the TV and adjusting some wires. I reached out to him privately, started a discussion on why I think my own method was simple and straightforward. He, on the other hand, started to give reasons why I should implement his comments, but his reasons didn't make sense to me. Though I didn't contest that because, of course, he was a senior developer, I went ahead to consult the oracles within my circle. I believe he implied here his other developer friends. Um, I shared both implementations with them and they verified that my implementation was simpler and better. I went back to the Slack channel and called out the senior developer who left the comment on my MR, then shared the implementations exactly as I did with the devs in the circle. Um, and he says, to God with the glory, they all chose my implementation. And in some hours, he resolved his comments and that's how I was able to deliver the feature. Um, <laughs> 
When I read this earlier, I was screaming. First of all, I hope you know that this was a good turnout. It could have gone in a really <laughs> bad direction. You know, especially when dealing with someone in a senior position, it's a little bit tricky. As much as we don't like to admit it, there is always some form of politics. Yeah, some people take feedback, you know, from their subordinates quite well. But in most cases, there is that little ego that sometimes gets the better part of us. But I'm happy that your situation turned out well. Um, I actually had quite a similar experience much earlier when I first got into tech. Those reviews were brutal. <laughs> they would make you, you know, really think about what you think you know. But for me, I think what this helped me to do was to develop a really good eye for detail when reviewing code. So even though there's always, you know, a better way to communicate without diminishing or being condescending, sometimes tough love isn't totally terrible. <laughs> I think, I don't know, you guys, what do you think? You know, share with me in, you know, on the post on Instagram and in the DM, on the show notes, wherever I just share, share your feedback with me. I'd like to hear. Okay, so on to the second story. So this is from Ben and here goes. A junior team member assumed I was a misogynist because I gave her straightforward feedback on a feature she worked on. She felt I only did that because she is a woman and I wouldn't have done it if she was a dude. Um, this is definitely not a situation anyone wants to be in. First of all, I think it's important to realize that as tech is, there is a tendency to take feedback on your work personally, right? And be on the defensive when you don't necessarily get flattering remarks about it. So I think I, for me, I always try to keep in mind that what I do is not all that I am. So having this mental shift helps to put things in perspective. Secondly, I believe a huge part of growth is evaluation, right? So both self-evaluation, external evaluation, you know, from people that matter. And if you really honestly want to grow, you need to be open to a space where, you know, you can receive feedback that doesn't necessarily, you know, um, hurt you so much, so to speak. But the third thing here for me is respect, right? Um, I believe that as much as you want to share or communicate your disagreement about somebody, somebody's ideas, somebody's solutions. The important factor is respect. As long as you're communicating with respect, as long as you are seeing the other person as your equal, then it's going to be fine. <laughs> there won't be any punches thrown. You know, everything will be all right. Um, so to the third story. And this one is from Stephanie and it goes, I had a fallout with my project manager and got a query followed by a two week suspension without pay. Oh my goodness. We didn't even exchange words or throw a fist. Yeah, so this is definitely a difficult situation too. Um, I would say for me, I think if you look closely enough, you'd be able to tell, you know, when there's toxicity. And being in a toxic space, you know, especially for too long is never good, both mentally and physically. 
it gradually begins to rub off on you and sometimes the best thing you for you to do might be to leave that job to be honest but you don't want to just up and leave without the right plan in place and this is why you need a platform like remote africa remote africa is a platform that connects opportunities overseas with african professionals so if you're african or live in africa this is literally the best news because you have access to remote jobs without necessarily having to start a new life elsewhere on this platform you are only connected to companies interested in hiring talent in africa you don't have to worry about time zone biases or location restrictions as these are kept in mind when the jobs are uploaded on the platform with remote africa you have access to jobs in tech marketing management finance product and design so visit remoteafrica.io to get your next remote gig now all right so the third or is this the fourth story now yeah the fourth story so this came in from ted again just putting this out there if you know any ted i promise that this is not the one you know okay now i once worked with a product manager who didn't know how to gauge the complexity of tasks he could literally ask you to build something like Google in one week. <laughs> okay, I sure you're not exaggerating there. <laughs> okay, this experience was very frustrating. I had to spend so much time and energy to justify feature breakdown and why certain things just require more time exclamation mark angry smiley <laughs> okay so i can definitely imagine how frustrating this can be um i think i've been actually quite lucky to have really good pms right most non-tech pms actually now that i think about it i remember i had a pm some years back that would literally come stand by my side while i'm working and ask me about timelines and i'm like okay how am i even supposed to get work done with this level of pressure my goodness it wasn't funny not only did it make me you know put me under undue pressure it was really distracting but eventually i think the pm found out that my teammates and i were more productive without that level of pressure and so that just stopped by the way there's an instagram post that kind of depicts <laughs> a conversation between a, a dev and a pm who is sad because the dev needs more time to work on a feature so you should totally check that out on the on the instagram page it's in the show notes but really what do you guys think about this how would you handle a situation where your pm doesn't know why you need so much time to complete a certain task i want to hear from you what do you think now i feel like the flip side of this looking at it from the angle of the pm is that there are also times where no shade at anyone but some developers can take advantage of the non-technical manager and begin to overestimate tasks or spend more time than necessary right and this is where maybe it's possible that a manager has had this kind of experience and might now want to project it on this team so i don't think i mean in terms of technicality of the pm i don't think that you need to have technical experience to manage an engineering team i mean it is definitely helpful if you have some but i don't think it's necessary i think the important 
factors are trust, respect, and, and communication between the, the the manager and the developers. All right, let's take a look at the next story. So this one is from Josh, and I think this is more of a confession than a situation. He says, I have released countless bugs to production across multiple apps. Shy smiley. Okay, Josh, let's just be honest with one another right now. Everybody knows you are the one that has been releasing those bugs. Because <laughs> I feel like you think it's like a secret. Like you're the only one that knows. But like we all know. Like even those of us not on your team. Like we know Josh. We know. So really I don't I don't know of anyone that has never written a bug before. Um please introduce me to them once you actually never mind they will probably be too busy making sure they are not writing a bug. I think this is why the concept of failing fast is encouraged, you know. Failing fast in the sense that you build, you test quickly, identify potential causes of failure and build again. And of course, this doesn't mean rushing into building with incomplete understanding of what's required or a thorough research of an optimal solution. Now, the one, the next story is from Butchie and Butchie says, Hey, hey Susan, there are lots of stories to tell, but this one happened in the early days of my career. Just like the description of this form suggested, I accidentally dropped a production database on Heroku. I went into panic mode immediately. Immediately I realized what I had done. Luckily for me, the client had backups set up for the DB when setting up the account on Heroku. I found the most recent backup and restored immediately. That was what saved me. Moral of the story, mistakes will happen even to the best of us, but having quality processes in place will help you navigate through your day without mistakes. And of course, always set up backups for your DB. <laughs> Thank you, Bucci. No true words, really. I totally agree with you on this. There's a popular saying that there are two kinds of developers, those that have, forgive my language, effed up production and those who are about to. And that is all I am going to say about that. So which one are you? Now, this next story is from John and it goes, here it goes. I once had to disagree on technology project delivery times with a managing director. The MD kept promoting the false optimistic delivery schedules to look good to firm management while I stuck to realistic ones. In due course, my realistic timelines prevailed, but it was a dangerous position to oppose your boss publicly. Absolutely, I can totally relate to this experience as, <laughs> yeah, John, I have once been in that position as well, you know, and I think making unrealistic promises as the developer is definitely never the way to go. What I did when this happened was to work with my team to figure out what the most important features to release were, and then we began to work on them in order of priority. So we took to... We took time to develop, to properly develop what we could in that frame of time, instead of rushing to finish and ending up with, you know, badly built software full of defects. Yeah. So that is, that is a really good one. And that is something to take note of as well. That can really be frustrating. Um, the final story, um, this one is from Teddy C. Hey, Teddy C. So Teddy C says, when I got into the team, I was the only black person. It kind of affected me because I didn't really have a support system 
within the company to help and the differences in accents was also a blocker sometimes so i try to always double check and be sure we are aligned on what's been discussed i try to also speak slowly and be clear sometimes i feel like there's a lot of pressure especially for immigrants because you have a lot of demands and you don't want to be found slacking so that you don't lose your job and your residency in the country you're in and yeah i think this is this is really valid this is really important and i feel like a lot of people you know go through this as well you're under a lot of pressure to getting work done because you're also trying to you know not just meet expectations but also ensure that you're not being kicked out of your job right so you tend to even outperform over you know kill it so to speak and really the conversation about diversity in terms is never ending i believe that i am I'm, I'm hoping that lots of companies are trying to close this gap and you know discover the best ways to make sure that their team is diverse um i also believe that it is not just about you know hiring people to meet a particular quota even if they are not qualified you know, but actually sitting down to see where there are gaps and, you know, strategically filling them with inclusion in mind. And the, 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 the truth and the reality is that there are super qualified people of different backgrounds and races and genders. So it's just important to get affiliated with those communities and those different types of people so that, you know, your, your team, your company, you know, is exposed to a large variety of people. You know, you have access to those resources when you eventually need them. And yeah, I think that is it for this episode and this season. I am super excited to have done this um i want you guys to share what you think about this what are your thoughts about each of the different situations what would you do differently what was done here that you probably disagree with you know whatever it is just share in the feedback form or share on instagram twitter you know any of the social media pages and i want to encourage you to try to visit the episodes that we have had for this season you know try to refresh your mind especially if you're a new developer those tips that can help you in the team that you're currently in and getting a new job in you know getting mentorship your managers with communicating as an introvert all those topics we talked about you know try to look through them try to you know expose yourself to some of those uh things we discussed again and yeah i wish you guys a great time i will be back soon for the next season so stay tuned and keep being amazing peace head on over to rewirewithsusan.com to catch up on all episodes and don't forget to subscribe to your podcast player and drop a review if you like this show 